Alright, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. Daily Heat Check Smokecast. You know, episode probably 84. Go back, look in the catalog. You know, we missing a few members right now. Um, you know, we used to have TG, Jones, Mac all here with me. But at the current moment, it's just me rocking out because, you know, it's the quarantine. And, you know, it's a little difficult for us to get linked at the moment. But we're going to have it. We're going to make it happen. So without that being said, I just wanted to have this cast just to be like, yo, we've been in quarantine or at least on this full lockdown because I'm right here on the East Coast in Jersey for at least two months, two plus months. And and it's crazy. And I'm only saying it's crazy because it's a it's an idea that we floated around or even I remember when Mac was on the cast. Um, the term of martial law. And it was something that seemed so far in the distance of even happening. But now just knowing that we're in a position where the government is, well, at least where we're located on the East Coast in New Jersey, has given us an eight o'clock curfew. Um, non-essential workers or non-essential stores must close. Um, lockdown, you know, stay in your house. Social distancing, must wear a mask. You know, all these different things. And I'm just like, yo, this is, I understand why. Because, you know, people want to live. And uh, like my brother told me and somebody close to me who we share similar lifestyles passed away. And I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. And it's just more so just in the fact that, you know, one, in the beginning, you didn't think it was real, real enough to come to you, real enough to affect, you know, the people close to you. But then... You know, I'm just maybe I'm just speaking for me. Then when it came to somebody in my same age group and we shared same similar lifestyles, and this is like, damn, multiple people actually, and I'm just like, wow, um, yeah, this is this is real. This is like really, really real. Um, you know, and then I'm I, I even look at myself in the camera and we scruffed out. Like I said, non-essential workers got to close, so that means. Barbershops, um, Chinese stores, um, you know, all these things that was just part of regular day of life, you know, just passing through, whether you in the suburb, city, the hood, you get what I'm saying? This is now obsolete, null and void. And I, it just makes you stop and think, like, because I remember I was one of the first people when I was speaking with Jones, and I was like, yo, we've been on lockdown for two weeks, and I'm like, what does normal look like after this? You lock people, and this was two weeks in. Now we're two months in, and I'm starting to get a better visualization of what normal is or what normal will be, if that makes any sense. That means mask everywhere, limited crowding on the subway, subway, trains, parks. Like it's just so many things that I never thought that would happen. It's not even you know things that I never thought that would happen. It's just things that just doesn't make you know, makes sense for for normal life to continue if it happens. I'm not trying to sound crazy when I say that. So, like, just a prime example, I'm a big festival head. So, you know, I do the Made in Americas, Afropunk, um, whatever it is, local festivals. We have some here in the city, the Club Fest or whatnot. But the point is, is that now with social distancing, um, without the vaccine, and we don't know when that's coming, but the fact that we have to do the social distancing for the time that we have to do social distancing, and we don't know when the vaccine could possibly come, and now we're just starting to look at the the outcome or the, the, the future of this, like, wow, festivals and concerts may not even be a reality. 
And I, and I used to love that, seeing your favorite performer live, just being there in the element, just soaking it in, just getting the experience. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on that. Festivals, just music. But, you know, then again, I'm a musician. So this is this is how I just, you know, a better way for me to connect with the music and the artists. Not even more so the artists, but just the music. Because when you're there, everyone's feeling the same energy to the same song, you know, and everything's going on. It's just a it's just a it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's something to experience. But knowing moving forward or at least for the foreseeable future, because that's like phase four of the reopening, we may not be getting a, a, any um concerts and, you know, stuff like that back. And, you know, I mean, it's 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 a shame. And I was just speaking to TG right there, man. We're trying to get him in. It's all good. But it's crazy because now, let alone... We're in a situation that some of our favorite things is now null and void. You know, I don't see how a subway works anymore. Like, and especially a New York City subway. How how does that work with social distancing? And then how long does this go on until we get the vaccine? And then after the vaccine, is it going to go back to normal? I'm reading reports that they say coronavirus may never go away. Granted. You know, this is just what they use to try to scare people. Because I f- honestly feel like half of this is fear-mongering. Let's get that clear. I feel like they're trying to put fear in people's heart, keep you at home, keep you scared. Because, you know, that fear is going to benefit some a bigger party. Amazon is damn near finding a way to run the country. And they're benefiting the most from all this coronavirus, them and Walmart. So don't. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an underlying, you know, ploy there with them. But... Just to even know, like, I bet this is this is where we at with it. Whether the news is real or not, vaccine or not, it's going to be here forever or not. The reality is this is what we're living in today. Now, I was just reading like, yo, what type of companies will survive after this? Because, you know, I've been I've been watching the news. It's, it's one thing I'm not going to lie. I've been watching the news, but it's another thing that they just putting this in your face. It depends where you go. Like It's, it's to the point everyone's talking about it. All my podcasts, doesn't matter who I listen to, you know, the news is on it. Everywhere you go, you're seeing people affected by it. So it's like, all right, let's, you know, let, let somebody from the inner city give you their speak on it, the Smokecast edition. So I'm just like, all right, what companies survive after this? And I'm not trying to sound like a economist or nothing because, you know, I'm I'm one of the regular guys out here. I'm not rich, famous, you feel me? We still work a nine to five, you know, put food on the table. We still got to hustle, you know, day-to-day grind, whether it's freelancing, whatever the case is. We just still got to find a way to get a dollar and put that on the table. That's that's first and foremost. You know, hold on. Let me fix my camera a little bit. All right, there we go. Um, but you get what I'm saying? And... I don't see what companies make it out of this successful. And I mean, for the people that work these jobs, because there's a lot of these like mom and pop stores that people used to work at to get by or some store. Like, I'm not going to hold you. Like, I live, I live in EO. You feel me? So I'm walking up Main Street and I see there's some new stores um, opened up on, um, on Main Street in Orange. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. And, you know, like, you know, just some... 
I don't know. It, 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 it was just like those niche stores. It was, it was never there, but you know, like with the with the rise of technology and things growing, they there could be a use for these type of stores. And I don't know, there's a skating store, a biking store. I don't know, heat press. I don't know, just cool things that wasn't there. Just think about it. Just, you know, just being where I'm from, we didn't have those things before, like just on Main Street in abundance. But now that we have a bunch of, because I mean, there's like two, three of them, they're popping up, but. Like I said, they're popping up as of like last summer or a few years ago. I, I don't see how stores like that survive. Because think about it, you, they're expecting, well, at least the landlords are expecting you to pay rent on these spaces that you that are non-essential that are closed. So if you've been closed since March, April, it's May, halfway through May, we're about to hit June, and you have been closed. You have So you got to pay rent on this. Boom, boom, boom. So say that's like a grand. Let's start at a grand, a commercial real estate spot on a main strip. So you got to pay a grand for, say, your March, your April, May, and then come into June. That's four That's four bags down, four grand. So you got four grand in the, in the down, and you ain't make no money. And you got employees that you got to still pay. Because, you know, some of these got, you know, they put their mans on. You know, it's, it's putting opportunities for other people in, in other places, man. This is how we strive and build wealth in our communities and whatnot. But that's going to be all. I don't see how that lasts. And I'm not just talking in my city. I'm talking all across the, the country. Like, some of these places, like, I'm, I'm not, I was watching something on CNN where this Asian dumpling restaurant in NYC, they literally opened up in March a week before the joint the corona hit and they had to close down and they came from like a street vendor to the cart and you know it was a dope story just watching it grind but just imagine you stack for like six to eight months to put that bread in place we about to go from the cart to the store you know the american dream and then you get hit with a coronavirus and then it's just like destroy and rebuild almost like i don't know their situation but i'm just assuming that it closed down and then you know there's a stigma towards Asians. I'm not I'm not saying that. This is just what I'm hearing from what in the reporting is, because you know Trump didn't help it with the with, with how he defined and classified the virus at first, but let's just get back on point. I don't see what, what businesses survive. Like real talk. What businesses come out of this like yo and outside of those big box ones? Like I think the only ones that like is like the utility businesses, like a laundromat, there a poppy store. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like that's it. And I mean, like on a small local. I don't see like. And granted, I think some of these shoe stores and whatnot, like you know the Magic sneakers and the you know every hood got their independent shoe spot and whatnot. I feel like some of those are do I right, like the ones on the top top of the food chain, but. I feel like the ones at the bottom just getting started or don't have enough, you know, leverage to, you know, to keep, keep, you know, burning, to keep throwing money in the fire, basically, because that's what you're doing. You're throwing, you're just throwing money in the fire. Who has the most money to throw in the fire? That's, that's basically what it is right now. Who has the most bread that they could throw in the fire and watch burn? And a lot of these cats don't. I ain't even gonna hold you, fam. If you told me I had to throw four grand in the fire and pay people each month and with utilities, because I'm just thinking you got to pay utilities on these spots. 
You got to have electricity, security, I'm guessing, cable if you're in there. I don't know, depending on what type of spot it is, if you need that, or internet. I'm assuming you got internet. Yeah, so cable, internet, um, then the rent, heat. I don't know if that comes with it. Bro, so you're just utilities. So you got to pay the rent, utilities, employees. You're just throwing money in a fire. Throwing money in a fire because we already heard these small business loans ain't working. And if you and if you didn't hear that, because these small business loans that should be going to small businesses, the Lakers got it, Shake Shack got it. Who else? Um, I forgot another another big company got it. But the point is, is like, bam! Like, what what is this? What is this? Like, and and I'm only saying like I know I just went on a rant, but the main point of which companies is going to make it out of this is because like I had a conversation with my mother is that before this coronavirus happened, there was no such thing as an essential job. Like I'm going to be honest. I may, I may be young. I'm in my thirties. You feel me? I may not have been on this earth long enough to, to experience some of these great pandemics that, you know, some of the people in their eighties and nineties and the hundreds, Lord willing, if I get to that part, get that old to live, have experienced, but just follow me on this. There's never been a situation or a time where there's like, yo, like we know due to the status of the job and what it takes to even get into the job that it may be more important than mine. Like if that makes any sense, it's like say if you're bagging, uh, I don't know, video, if say you're alphabetizing games at GameStop compared to the guy working security at ShopRite. Just due to the stature and position and the level of entry it would take to get that job, armed security, entry-level game person, alphabetizing games at a game store, you would just be like, all right, his job is a little bit more important. Not saying that it, as far as like what he has to do is just more like you have to guard and protect, stop people from stealing compared to I'm just got to alphabetize games. You feel me? This is just a walk in the park. So the point I'm trying to get to is that before coronavirus, there's never a time with like essential workers or my job is more important than your job. We knew some people's jobs were more, you know, essential. Granted, we knew it was more essential to the, to making the way of the economy work. Like police officers, we don't want a lawless community. Granted, in most cases, communities could, you know, police themselves. But for major crimes, because there's psychos out there, the people who aren't thinking correct. We don't want to give them that, that, you know, that, that opportunity to be like, yo, there ain't no cops around. I can just go do wild, crazy thing, you know? So we know that's more of essential, um, a supermarket. We knew that was essential because you need food to live, you know, but we thought schools was essential. Like just the thing, like that's the point I'm trying to get. Cause you know, you need to learn. You don't need people in the world being stupid and illiterate. And you know, it's just, just going to make it difficult to communicate. You know, you want people to learn how to speak and, you know, so I, I thought that was essential. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Say you're someone, say you're someone who just came to the U.S. and you're trying to learn English, you know, ESL, that's essential. Like, uh, you get what I'm saying? Or at least or the, the teaching of that, I would find it to be. But the point is, is that, you know, certain jobs that you thought that was essential that you needed, you found out quickly with this coronavirus was not. Nah, this was just a luxury to the community. Or a luxury to society. As crazy as that may seem. As crazy as that may seem. Like Chinese food in my hood. That's like a luxury if you could find a store open. Chinese food? Nah, they not opening up right now. 
I'm trying to figure out what else is like a luxury that we like took advantage of. Like those small electronic stores. Wait, I'm going to be very honest with you. Only because I'm a little technical person and I be soldering and geeking off on some other shit. But the point is, is that with the exception of that, me, me just being that type of person, if you were just someone who just needed a little rinky-dink charger or whatnot, yo, a radio shack or an electronics store right now, because I think the only ones right now, or the major ones is what, Best Buy? Maybe a micro center. I'm not sure if they're 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 open, but if you get if you see where I'm going with it, it's like where do you go if you just need to get some quick electronics? A charger, a charge cable, uh I need some, you know, some batteries for the remote, a rechargeable battery, or I need some screwdriver. I don't know. I'm just I don't know. But I'm just saying, like a radio shack in those small little electronics stores, oh, it's so essential right now. Like, and wait, and another thing, too, that's going to be a killer, because right now this coronavirus is happening in the spring. It came through the winter, but, you know, it's in the spring, and a lot of changes has happened. So say if it hit in February, March, we had the shutdowns, and, you know, it's April, May, spring, we're prepping for the summertime. So right now, a lot of these rules that they've put in effect is going to work because... How could I put it? It's like it's warm outside. So if you go to your local grocery store, it's like a line for like 45 minutes. I'm I'm, I'm assuming. I haven't waited 45 minutes. Say it's like 10, 20 minutes, though. But it's a line. It's a long enough line to be like, dang, you feel me? We got to wait. So the lines in the summertime is cool to get into the grocery store, the, the post office. You know, and you know these places that you're trying to get into. Once it starts getting brick. Like, granted, if you're not watching this and you're not in the East Coast, you don't know what I mean when the hawk is out, when that eagle's on your ass. You get what I'm saying? Because when it start getting brick, nah, fam. Nah, fam. I don't see that being something that people people going to start revolting. We're going to need that vaccine stat. you telling me we're going to have to wait 20, 30 minutes in a New Jersey winter just to go get some food. You get what I'm saying? That's how, that just sounds crazy. With snow on the ground. you It's snow on the ground. You got to wait 20 minutes to get into the store because we practicing social distancing. It's brick out here. Yo, fam, I'm telling you now. I don't see it. That's just me. I don't see it. But that doesn't mean they don't pivot. So... Getting back to essential jobs, what's more important? What's the, a lot? I see a lot of these places, if your job wasn't essential, they, they're going to start doing delivery. The liquor store going to start busting deliveries. ShopRite locally going to do deliveries. Every store that didn't do delivery is going to start doing deliveries. Because that for one, that's going to chop down on your line. For two, that's going to create another stream of income. For three, that's going to put another job or two in your, you feel me, depending if it's your small bit. I don't know what the situation may be, but you now have the, you now open up a new sector of jobs by saying we deliver. You feel me? Now you're capitalizing on that income of the people who don't want to come soon to be me because I see that line and I'm not trying, I'm not beat for that. You get what I'm saying? But then you have that other element of it because you get, you get to chop down the line that's it of people who's going to be waiting there. So, you know, because that line, that, that line don't look attractive, man. I'm not going to hold you. There's people that see that line get turned off and walk away. That's just the truth of it. But 
the whole topic was what's essential and what's not essential. So I, I'm going to see, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of these jobs that people were just, you know, shooting the breeze in, stealing money. Yeah, the jobs that used to allow you to steal money and you know who you are, especially if you got one of those jobs, that's dead. That's dead. It's a wrap. It's a wrap doobie and pins for that. You feels me? But need I digress? Um, get a little sip on this. Um, I just wanted to get that off my chest. But in other news, Takashi Six Nine is home, and I find this to be an interesting topic. I'm gonna keep it brief, and I feel that's the way you should keep this topic. Because he came home, he broke the records, he did the numbers, he started idolizing snitching and justifying his snitching. And I want to say this. I want to say this. I do not condone nothing he does. I do not agree with him. And I will not be following and supporting anything he does or, or align with anything of that nature. Just to be frank, put that out there. But when he did say something as far as to justifying his snitching, I'm not going to say what he did was justifiable because I don't see any justifiable act for snitching. But I do see a justifiable act for disloyalty because I'm not going to lie. In the hood, you have seen people do grimy, slimy, snake shit to niggas. And the only way to repay that is with grimy, slimy, snake shit. You get what I'm saying? But you handle that in the streets. You don't go to the police and start telling on people. You feel me? You don't be like, yo, he got a couple bricks in the crib. You get what I'm saying? Like, you don't do shit like that. You get what I'm saying? Nah. But I am going to say that there is a level of, I'm not going to ever say justification, but when Caps is disloyal to you, there is that level of disloyalty that cat's in the hood. Because I'm going to be honest, if you're in the hood, like in the streets, you feel me? You, you've seen cats do grimy cat, grimy shit to each other. That's nothing new. You get what I'm saying? That's nothing new. The part that he put a spin on is when he went to the police and gave everybody up because of that. I'm like, damn, fam, you should just went and did some grimy, slimy shit back to them niggas. Like, you feel me? Stop the bag. You feel me? Left niggas stinking in Dubai or some shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking around. I don't know. But you, you get what I'm saying? It's like... It's like a, a grind. It's like an economy. It's like an unwritten law to that. But with that being said, there's no justification for what he did at all, ever. Like I said, the only part that I saw is like with the loyalty. Yeah, niggas weren't loyal to you, so yeah, I don't feel that the loyalty should have to be because I've seen niggas in the hood do shit like that. They're like, oh, so and so did what? To who? Word. Like, I ain't even gonna hold you. I could have a whole episode of just grimy, you know, I can just change the names and the situations just to keep people, you know, not to, to get any backlash or whatnot. But, bro, I could tell you stories of niggas just doing slimy shit to each other. All, br- bruh. Bruh. You get what I'm saying? Bruh. Bruh. I don't know. You get what I'm saying? But the point is, that doesn't make it okay for what he did. But the one thing that I do want to hammer in on is that, yeah, you came home, you did your numbers, yeah, you got your fan base, yeah, you did that, you got your little, you know, 15 seconds of fame when you came home. But if you've noticed, like I've noticed, 
for him to come home, drop the music video, go on there, justify. Oh my God! Did you see this guy? He did. He dropped a picture on his Instagram with a freaking police officer with a notepad and a federale with his arms closed. Like he's like owning it. Our nigga, he's owning this shit. I'm just so I'm sorry. It's like you know, I I, I just I just want to dig in on this. It's because you know I'm from the era where it's like yo, you do the crime, you do the time. I'm not gonna say like I was out here super wowing and shit, but every time I got hemped up on some shit, it was like. Damn, I fucked up. That's the only thing you could like honestly say to like, like I fucked up. That's on me. That's on me. Like, ain't no out of this. I gotta, if it ain't no out of this, I fucked up. But it's like at the same time, it's like, fam, how do you? Like, my man's, I, I, let alone my man's in the can right now who I talk to on the horn is in there because of niggas snitching. I've known niggas over the years that got hemped up on some snitch shit. And, like, and when I say that, it's like niggas who had no business with nothing just getting caught up and like, yeah, so-and-so said something. What? No, wait, I What? You know, people just say, niggas drive snitching. Just snitching to be snitching snitching. Like, no, no. No, like, but see, then again, it's like, I'm only saying that because there's two types of people in that. There's the civilian, and then there's the street dudes. The civilian is okay to snitch. You feel me? I give the civilian a green light all day. Snitch. Get your snitch on. We need you to go tell to the police. The civilian. You get what I'm saying? But you get what I'm saying? But... I don't even want to say we need you to, but in most cases where it's life or death or something, you know, horrific and gruesome, go get your civilian on. But the dudes who's like bona fide street cats, nah, you already know. You got to handle that. Like, it's, it's like, it's funny because it's like, he, he said some shit in his live when it was like, yo... I came home and I ratted and you spent your whole life being a real nigga and you know and I'm just like that shit just hurt for the cats that really was out here on the front lines you know holding it down came home did their time you get what I'm saying like look at the O3 Greedo man he just took 20 on the chin granted I don't I don't want to agree look I don't agree with nothing 6ix9ine said or None of these situations that I'm out here, you know, putting out. But at the same time, it's like, it's like he makes it seem like these cats did all that in vain, almost. You get what I'm saying? But it's not like I'm trying to, it's like he, it's like he makes it seem like these cats just did all this shit in vain. And it's like, I don't. I don't know. You know, the thing is, it's like, because it's, it's like, I'm not going to hold you. I'm so torn on it because, you know, when it's the street, street dudes, the ones that he was associating with, he, he should know better that what he did was not acceptable. You get what I'm saying? But then again, to play devil's advocate. And I'm not saying like, yo, I agree with snitching or I condone with, like I said, I do not. But I've seen narcos. I've seen, you know, the El Chapo series on Netflix. Y'all could go watch them. 
And if you've watched them, you've seen these dudes cooperated with the police. These dudes gave up their enemies to get turf. You get what I, It was a different game, though. But at the same time, you're still snitching. But, and I'm only bringing this up because I don't see nobody nailing El Chapo to the wall for being a snitch. Or some of those dr- wait, drug lords. Not drug dealers. You get what I'm saying? It's, like Meek said, there's levels to this shit. Drug lords. Them niggas are bro, they got the government on the payroll. You get what I'm saying? So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's acceptable at different levels of the game. But like I said, I'm just playing devil's advocate right here. At the end of the day, I don't agree with it. I don't agree... But you get what I'm saying? I don't, like, maybe because I'm not at that level where El Chapo's at, that's why I'm like, yo, I don't agree. But maybe when you're at El Chapo's level, you got to put these niggas on the payroll. You got to give up some of your ops just to get that territory and maintain control on shit for 30 years and be one of the most notorious and richest drug lords in the world. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's the, the, you know, the, the cost of the game. But at the same time, it's like... I don't know, but like I said, I'm not El Chapo. I ain't never, I've never elevated to that level, level of drug lordship, drug dealing to know what it's like to put a government on payroll. You feel me? But even cats, but bro, even shit in America. I, bro, I'm not gonna. I love mob movies, gang flicks, all that stuff. Bro, the mob and all them niggas, they paid, they had, they paid police officers off. You feel me? They paid to get information, and you get what I'm saying? Like, not saying that they snitched, not saying the mob, not, not trying to associate the mob with snitching. No, no, no. But, you know, they got Whitey Bulger, still a snitch. He, he got with King. If you heard, if you saw how that ended for Whitey, but he was working with the Federales. Um, but there was a lot of cats throughout history. Notable Frank Lucas, you know what I mean? Like, the point to be said is, is that snitching is still snitching. But... I only bring this part up as a devil's advocate is because niggas saw American Gangster, even knowing Frank Lucas was a snitch, and it fell for a brief moment in time, like niggas forgot about that shit and celebrated him. Like, dang, he was out here selling that blue magic. He had Harlem on Smash. Like, I remember when that shit came out. Jay-Z did the soundtrack. And Jay-Z was the one who dropped the bar. You know, I watched Brilliant Idiots, but he was like, um... A snitch is a lifetime late. I forgot how he said it, but you basically you you're in jail for life, just minus the bars. He Jay Z was the one who said that, and Jay Z was the one who made the soundtrack for American Gangster. And Frank Lucas was a known snitch. Look, I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate. My belief on it is a no go, no fly zone. But at the end of the day, we have proven. Proven parts of history where people have been noted on paper for snitching and then come back and either be celebrated or momentarily glorified for what they have done in their achievements. You feel me? Just look up the El Chapo. Just look up the um, Whitey Bulger, Frank Lucas. These are just the ones off the top of my head, but there's probably more. There's probably more. You get what I'm saying? Like... Cats got the, like even think about the Sopranos. I'm granted he wasn't snitching, but he had a cop on the payroll getting information. He was feeding them, you know. 
I don't know if he was feeding him info. I didn't get to finish The Sopranos. You get what I'm saying? I'm on season four. But it's the fact of the matter, you know, there's always been a, a, a level of association with law enforcement at the higher end of the game. That's just what I've noticed with mob movies, gangster flicks, drug lords, stuff like that. You know, it's like you get you get big enough. Like, wait, Peep Snowfall. He's working with the government selling this. You get what I'm saying? Granted, I don't know. Granted, I ain't I got I gotta think back. I don't think Franklin gave anybody up. But it doesn't even matter if he gave anybody up. He's working, he's directly working, you feel me? I think that's fictional, anyhow. I think that's fictional. It's based on true events. But the point is, let me not get caught up in a fictional story. <laughs> you feel me? But just to get back to it is like I just played Devil's Advocate. I think I spent too much time on it than I should. This is actually all the time I will spend on it because this is the second part of the thing that I did want to address with the 6ix9ine is that for him to come home and be as covered... How could I word it? Follow me on this one. When 6ix9ine was in jail and the trial... I'm not going to hold you. I was glued to it because like, like they said, it was like a movie in real time. You was getting all the coverage, the snitching, people getting locked up, the years, the sentencing, everything. It was it was like a real time, it was like a real life movie. I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. You get what I'm saying? But and, and like, wait, everybody was covering it. So if you're in hip hop, or you know you you're in the culture of hip hop, no, it doesn't matter where you went, doesn't what podcast or you feel me? It's like they were covering it in detail. They were giving it extended, you know, pieces. Now. I'm only saying it like that just to give it like the breakdown in depth because he came home, dropped the song, broke the internet, glorified snitching, calling cats out, doing this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. And I feel like the coverage has been like, <clears throat> but I know why. You feel me? It's the fact that the best way to kill this beast is to ignore it. You feel me? His core fans are going to support him, but. I think Hot 97 already said they're not play, playing them. Um, they're not get, They're not giving them no airplay. I don't know what Power 105 is doing. You get what I'm saying? He, he wasn't really doing any... He wasn't on any tours from what I um, know as far as when he... Before he got locked up prior. It was all festivals and um, international. But with all that shut down now, you know, it's going to be a different, different outlook. But I just know from that, the best way that they're going to kill him off is by giving him no coverage at all. And, you know, if we're smart as far as media or potential powerhouses in media, we're just going to leave it like that. We're not going to give him the, the platform he once had or feels he deserves, the self-proclaimed king of New York. But let me go on to um, my last topic I wanted to touch on was... It's a dual it's a dual topic and I'm just gonna go in. So it's about the Ahmad Ashbury case. I feel like that is like the new case that's captivating the nation right now. We had Mike Brown, we had, you know, all these different incidents and, and rest in peace, Eric Gardner, and you know, it's just I'm not trying to run it down to Mayor Rice and it we just had all these these horrible acts of police brutality on the black man in America, caught on camera. I, I you know, it, 
some of the worst things that you have ever seen has taken place in the last probably five years in America on tape in most cases. So when we when we look at it from this point of view is that one, that case is getting the coverage it deserves. And at the same time, this new series on Netflix, Trial by Media, came out. And boy, this one's a doozy. Oh, man. Now, it's interesting because I don't know where I should start, but I feel I should start because there's, there's so many places I want to go with it. Oh, let me take a sip. It's, it's iced tea, though. The point is, is that trial by media is going to basically show you how the media plays a part in spinning the outcome of the case. Because some of these cases that get this national attention, whether you believe it or not, and, I, and it's so funny. If you guys listen to the Smokecast, I remember the episode I had with um, Danielle from um, the Eternal Quest show. Um on, and it was about the Michael Jackson um, Leaving Neverland documentary. And I was like, I feel like there's the court of public opinions and the court of what we have. And this is a fact. This is what I said then. Because that's what I felt. Because I felt that the court of public opinions, it doesn't matter what it says in court. You could be not guilty. Whatever. Like, say with O.J. Simpson. He was acquitted of the case, not guilty for the murder, you know, the famous case back in the day. But the court of public opinions, there's still people out there that's like, yo, you did it. We don't care what the court says, guilty, not guilty, you did it. So to get back to trial by media, it's basically showing you the importance or the, not even the importance, but the effect that media has on some of these big high profile cases. Because when you think about it, you would have a case that would you probably just read about and there should be some local news but the moment it gets major media coverage it now starts to draw a divide and it starts to draw a line and that's the point i'm trying to get to with the ahmaud ashbury case because one you should check out the trial by media so far the first three episodes were fantastic the the screwy episode eh, kind of it was all right i'm getting back into it but um the first three episodes were amazing it definitely touched on you just got to see it. The first few episodes were, were right out the park, especially if you're looking at it objectively as like how I'm saying to see how the media plays a major role on building the opinions on some of these cases. And the reason that's important is that before these cases go to trial, the people consuming this media, 12 of those people would eventually become jurors of that case. And if you see what I'm going with, it is. So you're going to spin the media, spin the media like, yo, this Ahmad Ash, it was a racially profiled killing, da 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 And then, you know, it's going to go to the part that when it gets the case or when it goes to trial, by the time it goes to trial, if there's enough tension behind it being a racially profiled case, they're going to want the people being charged to have a fair trial. So... The fair trial to them is to put it in a county or a place where they find it to be neutral. Or I, it's so crazy. You just gotta look, like when you look at the Amadou. Um, oh my gosh, the Amadou case from I forgot his last name. I apologize. Not uh, 
I'm going I'm to get it. But when you look at the Amadou case, it's on the trial by um, media. That's what they did. They took the case from being in the Bronx, where it's where it happened, where these white officers gunned down this unarmed black man, to Albany, where basically the statistic was um, the Bronx was 89% mixed black or Spanish and 19%, 89%, or, you know, it had like 11% white where albany was only 19 percent white and 89 percent white um 19 percent mix and um 89 white so it was a greater difference there but then it, they felt it would have been a fairer shot for these officers to get a you just gotta you just gotta see it. it's just very upsetting but the point is i'm not trying to give it away give you the give the story away but it's those elements that you would see play out in this case if this doesn't get a fierce spin or the fierce spin they feel it deserves. Now, to bring it back to the actual outlook of the case, because it was getting this media coverage of being racially profiled. Then they had this um, YouTuber officer go out there and drop the facts on the case. And then they had this lawyer come and respond to his video saying this facts of his case was not accurate. And then you had Candace Owens. who. Candace Owens. Honestly, I'm not trying to be up here all night. I'm trying to keep this brief, but I'm going to have to have a whole nother segment just for Candace Owens. Because that, that is a woman on fire. And I don't know if I mean that in the best of ways. But yeah, she came out and she gave her her, 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 her thoughts on it. And let me just say this. The case is interesting. The facts that they brought up was interesting. And the outcome, after seeing everything, we all know, we pray it does not have the same effect and be interesting. Because it seemed like it's so cookie cutter, black and white, Not no, no pun intended, but you get what I'm saying? It's so, it so seems so linear that it's like, all right, these are the events that happened. This is how it happened. But then you had this officer go on there and he gave his view on the case. And then this lawyer come and he gave his view on the case. And now these videos are getting hundreds of thousands. Um, I know the officer case probably got 2 million views already or on the verge of 2 million views. And like these cases haven't even gone to trial yet. It hasn't even been, you know, properly written up they already went through three district attorneys at this current moment the point i'm trying to get to is that this is going to get ugly and it's only going to get ugly because so many people are voicing opinions and so many people have opinions to voice and it's so easy to vo like right now me voicing an opinion that you're going to get it's like what side are you going to take whose side are you going to be on at the end of the day and that's how it's going to feel in some of these cases and it's like and look i don't want to go too deep too deep into it because at the end of the day honestly i feel like i should save that because i i can't go too deep without going into candace owens and the and the, and the officer cases and, and having the actual facts i don't want to just go you know paraphrase like two three hours of con of content into like two minutes, you know, I want to come and hit you with the facts, but I do feel that at the end of the day, the media is going to play the biggest part in the case. 
I don't think it's going to be the legal system, the jurors, or any of that. I think it's going to be the media. Because right now, the media is what helped this case come to justice. But at the same time, there's voices in the media that's going to help this case get an interesting spin. That's all I'm going to say. Because the it's the, the, the reach some of these videos are getting. And, I, and here's the thing. I don't know the law. So I don't know what the, I think his name is Officer Taylor Sailing. I don't know if he's accurate. And I believe the other one is Robert. Oh my Lord. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. But I don't, I'm going to get, that's why I say I just want to be factual. But I don't know the law to the extent that these two gentlemen feel that they know the law. But you could already see that they're already shooting holes in each other's defenses. And then Candace Owens, who I already said a woman on fire, she spoke her piece, and then she went and did a video with the Officer Taylor, I believe. So, I don't know. I already have a bias with Officer Taylor. If, But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. And then here's another part. It's, this, is, this feels very political. This feels very political. So, outside of the media playing a big part in the rest of these gentlemen, but it's going to play an even bigger part in how the outlook and the viewpoint of this case evolves in the public eye in the next few weeks. And then on top of that, it's going to play an even bigger role in how this defense and the people at home are going to be as far as choosing these sides. I'm sorry. like this. I think this thing is a, it, it, it's very political. There's politics in it. It's media. And, and it's so much injustice at the end of the day. So I'm not going to lie to you. There's definitely a, a bottom line in just here. It's racist. I'm sorry. I'm black. I know. And it's probably my black, my inner black man bias that's saying it's racist. But regardless of anything, I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to try to come at a non-biased point. If I was Spanish say I was Dominican and I was just looking at this objectively same same person just in a different skin I'm just Dominican you feel me I'm not black anymore I still have my same thoughts my same thinking process my same opinions everything if I was Dominican and I was watching this I would still think it was racist and I'm only using that as like a neutral race I'm guessing to be like yo I'm not black because if I was black, I'm going to instantly think that's racist. No, I'm going to look at it from a Spanish point of view. Just someone who's very strong, you know, strong mind with strong opinions. It's racist. And I'm, in the bottom line, I'm saying it's racist. It's because it happened, what, in February? These gentlemen didn't get arrested in May. For, so what, for whatever the reason is, I don't care how much pull you got in the off. That someone died. So a mother lost a child. And no one, no nothing for February to March, March to April, April to May. Three months? And you're telling me there's not a racist undertone there? You're going to sweep that under the rug? And I'm sorry, because this is where you got to switch the, and, and this is where it could be any race. And here's the funny thing. I took myself out of being a black man to give an objective view on what happened to him because it's obviously racist. But you could be white, black, Spanish. And clearly, if that was a white young man in that street, 
You know what I'm saying? Anthony Osbury. Not a I say it was an Anthony Osbury that was shot down by a black man who had the same connections and whatnot with his family and they videotaped it. You don't think that would have blew up in less than 24 hours? We've seen less go viral. <laughs> Listen, like I said, I'm going to come back and we're going to do another one of these. I'm trying to keep them short, not too long. But there's a couple of opinions I just wanted to get off my chest. And hopefully I'll be able to have the gang with us and we can, you know, bounce our thoughts back off, you know, off each other. And, you know, have a rebuttal. But feel free to get at me um, at Piff Beats, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, get at me, man. And I don't mean that, you know, in a argumentative way, but you know, we can have a, you know, a political conversation or debate. Don't matter if you ain't see me tweeting a while or posting, get at me. I respond. That's the one thing that I do. And if you watch, if you watch my content on YouTube or anything, I respond to every comment. I don't know. I don't know. I respond to every comment. I don't have to post stuff. I will respond to every comment. So with that being said, Daily Heat Check Smokecast. You can catch us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And until next time, we are out. Deuce.